0: birthday for, not today, a couple of days ago. Thank you very much. How was it?
1: For a lockdown birthday, it was quite fun. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of fun. I think some people might think this is quite sad, but we have to remember I'm getting older and on the walk to school to take the boys to school, I'd already told them pre-walk, I'd bribe them with sweets, basically for the rest of their life, not to shout my age everywhere because they have this habit of just walking up to people saying, my mums, and then just saying the age. Which, it's unnecessary, right? It's unnecessary? (laughs) It's unnecessary, especially as as you get older. So we're walking along, and a woman and her daughter behind me, and she said, oh, it's my daughter's birthday today. And her brother says, oh, she's eight. And I said, oh, well, we don't need to talk about my age. And one of the twins said, basically took 10 years off my age, right? And I was like, oh, well, that's all right then. Yeah, no, no, that, that was fine. And the woman believed him. She was like, oh, right, oh, that's lovely. But the other one, the one I'm bribing, you know, had that look, you know, when you look at someone, you think they've got a secret that could bring you down. You know, had that little smile on his face <laughs> as if to say, if you don't play ball and if you don't shower me with sweets for the rest of my life, I will tell everyone. I <laughs> just gave me a little side eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's still they haven't well, been telling The 10 everyone. years younger
0: thing is great.
1: No, that that was great. But I, so I just I just went, oh, yeah, lovely. Uh, but no, it was good. Um. I went for a run with a friend. We were still in lockdown, then. we've only come out of lockdown today. And then, so the highlight of my day—I don't—I shouldn't admit this—I went to the garden centre, and I was really,
0: and I was really excited. Was that planned? Was that sort of this is how I'm going to spend my birthday?
1: Well, it was. This is one of the only places open, other than
0: (laughs) I need to go somewhere. I need
1: to go somewhere and do something on my birthday. I don't want to walk around a supermarket on my birthday and that's pretty much and I don't want to be outside because it's freezing so it was I met a friend socially distanced trip to a garden center um yeah <laughs> uh, no it, what did you get did you buy something like sort of extravagant like a tree lots of tat no the tree is being delivered on Friday so I've spent the day getting decorations out the loft and finding things and realizing nice. loads of stuff's broken I bought loads of tats stuff that I don't need tat, yeah everything was discounted so I just kept I just put stuff in my basket a lot of stuff that I don't need didn't need yeah. now own yeah so <laughs> it, I was like it's my birthday it was it was good it was really nice it was uh, had a zoom chat with the family in the evening because we couldn't be together and we're going to get together this evening in the garden because now in the UK in tier two which we are both in I believe Yes, both in tier two, you can have six people in a garden. In tier yes. two, yes, yeah. So I can come over. You can come over to the garden. You can bring the like I did man. last time, yeah, like last time. So my family are going to come to the garden this evening, wrapped up warm. We're going to have birthday cake
0: tonight. Oh, nice. So it and was, tea. You need, you need some tea, I think. I was I was thinking
1: of something stronger, but we can say tea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, tea. <laughs> it was no, it was it was lovely. Thank you. I got some lovely messages from from people and uh, yeah I am another year older but well, it there was, you go uh, well, happy
0: birthday
1: thank you very much and thank you for your present which was the standout present of the day oh no, of course no offense to anyone listening who you me, me that present um was a fruit bouquet
0: yeah so it's cool, right?
1: basket and all the fruit was styled like it was flowers and it was chocolate strawberries and pineapple and melon and it was amazing apart from the fact that my children ate 75 uh, percent of it well That's
0: good. It's fruit. It's good for them. That is know, a little bit of chocolate. I was
1: hoping to enjoy it. Yeah, I turned around and one of them had chocolate kind of plastered from his forehead to his chin. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to eat it. I'm disappointed
0: that I didn't get a picture of you like that.
1: I was like, "Did you try the chocolate strawberries?" He's like, "No," and I was like, "Right,
0: <laughs> okay." <laughs> but no, that, that was, was always me as a kid. The evidence just around my mouth and my face being well, like, you, "No." You know what?
1: Me. I know this is a long way away because your child is weeks old. But you know what you have to do for their one year birthday?
0: Oh, the cake thing, cake smash. Yeah.
1: Well, it seems a bit mean. Is it just dunking their head in a cake? No, you don't dunk their head in the cake. That would be wrong. You basically say they're in the high chair, as babies are at that age. I can't even remember now. You put a you get light chocolate cake, like a squishy one. Don't get something like solid. Yeah. A nice squishy one. <laughs> yeah, that would be really that good. A loaf of bread. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> Enjoy that. And then you put it in front of them and they naturally just put their hands in it and stick their face in it because that's what children do. Yeah, get involved, right? You don't push their head into a cake. <laughs>
0: right, that must be some other videos I've been watching. I think it's something slightly different. So
1: that's a long way off, but that's something... Uh, I wasn't going to do it. My other half was like, we're not going to do it. Then we just happened to put some sort of cake stuff on. it. Was just, I'll
0: show you the photos. It was very... The results were very, very funny. I'm sorry I couldn't get his birthday to match up with yours, though, because his due date was only a couple of days before your birthday, but he came very early.
1: We could have... I could have a... As I call him Roger, I could have a joint birthday with Roger for like years to come. But did you see on 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 the Roger front? He's got his logo back. His logo. Oh right, it's 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 come back to him from night Not your Roger. He doesn't have a logo. (laughs) One day. (laughs) I think it's been what two and a half years now. He's just announced that he
0: can use the RF Okay, well that's good because it's a it's a good one. Let's be honest, as logos go, it's it's slick. Yeah, no, and as logos
1: go, we have a new logo for the WTA, which was I think that was today, wasn't it? The they announced
0: their rebranding. It was, yeah. Well, it was the first time I heard of it today. We had the ATP new logo last year, I think, and yep. now WTA rebrand this year. Um, so they've kept the purple, which I'm really happy with because I really I like the Enjoy that. I like purple as a colour. Yep. I don't, yep. I don't know why. I just think it's good. They're really associated with women's tennis, and yeah, new logo. There's a person in it serving. and it looks like they're sort of within a ball yeah and I don't think that is an actual player I mean I might be wrong but I was studying it as hard as I could and I couldn't sort of you know normally you can tell with the silhouettes of people's shapes and hairstyles or their, their their motions their technique but I couldn't quite link it to another player but if anybody else can do let me know because I might be just entirely wrong but I did try to figure out who that might be didn't
1: we have this last year when the ATP released their logo everyone was trying to figure out if it was a player and which player it was yeah I remember thinking it was David Goffran for a while I don't know ah. why it doesn't look like David Goffran but I so everyone's going to try and do this with their logo but they had hashtag WTA for the game and it comes in line with the WTA
0: renaming their events to come in line with the ATP yes so lots of sort of change for the WTA but it seems like it's aesthetic change because they're changing the names of the events to be the same as the ATP so you've got the thousands I don't know if they're going to be called Masters or not but no WTA 1000s I guess Um, but obviously the the guys you know ATP call them Masters and then 500s 250s and they'll also have 125s because they've got 125k 125k events and they'll just be WTA 125s but the difference between that and the ATP is that it's not, um, it doesn't represent the points on offer. Oh, right. Okay. So with the guys, it's a thousand. The ATP Masters 1000 is a thousand points for the winner, 500 for 500s. That's how it works. Uh, but for the women's, they have different points structure, um, they get different points at different events. Uh, and they are not changing that just yet. Well, that's interesting because.
1: I work a lot on the ATP, so no, the ATP points thing, but I would have assumed that the points would come in line. So at the moment, it's name only. So it's a, it's a rebrand.
0: Yes, exactly. And the the reason that the points are are different is because they've, of course, been totally different organisations for a long time. And whilst the points across the board are very similar... Uh, they are different and changing points and tweaking points has a dramatic dramatic impact on sort of the structure of the tour through the year. So, for example, because the ATP are much heavier with their challengers, they have a lot of challenger events through the year. And whilst the WTA have now been building up the 125K events, but if you go back five years ago, 10 years ago, there really weren't many at all. They're starting to build up that area. So for the players sort of ranked between... 70 and 200 really boosting that coming from the WTA rather than just leaving it to the ITF events which the WTA have, have had more high ITF events 100ks 80ks 60ks those sort of things whereas the men haven't had that they've had the challenges so changing the points changes the structure so you need the structure in place really to change the points if you know what i mean so with the guys they have a challenger system set up which has been really well established and there are lots of points available there so it then affects the points that they would put on offer for the atp events and it depends what you're trying to do as well really i mean if you want to have a tour where there is a lot of change and there is a lot of movement in the rankings between sort of 50 and 150 and at each grand slam you've got lots of new faces that come in uh then you're going to have a system that's a little more like the atp system with the strong strong challenges with lots and lots of points available and there's huge movement between 60 and 150 for example for the men uh but with the women Uh, if you wanted a tour where you've got a more sort of established top 100, top 80 that you can market quite consistently, there's a little less change with those numbers, then you would have more of a structure of the WTA. So there's, I I don't know, it's, they have different approaches. They've always had different philosophies, but it seems like this is the start of them coming into line. Um, And I think they're probably, because they've been building up the 125Ks, which is essentially their challenger system, uh they're they're already down that path, so it seems like by making this change with the the names they will eventually get to that point where the points system will be the same. Are you seeing it someone who's been part of the w t a as
1: even if at the moment this is just in name only in terms of bringing the events in line,
0: a positive that they're starting to come together and work together more? Oh, absolutely. I think so. I think we we knew that as soon as the the COVID situation hit. I mean, it was a huge crisis for, for both tours for the ITF. I think they just had, not that they had no choice. I mean, it's not like they don't, it's not that they hate each other. There's, there's not that sort of narrative going on, but it's just that, that you know the WTA was so ahead of the game, you know, with the uh, the original nine and being a professional sport for women, you know, from so long ago, that it's um, you know that it almost kind of ended up hurting us at this time when lots of women's sports are becoming professional because we were already sort of well established and separate to the men. And yeah, sure they're going to be coming together. I don't think they'll we'll ever see a complete merger. But Would you want to see a complete merger or do
1: you still want them to keep their individual identities?
0: I Do you know what? I definitely don't know enough about the ins and outs of how it would work if there was just one governing body. It's really difficult. You know, the WCA has been around for a long, long time now. I mean, decades and has done a fantastic job and has been the leading sport for female athletes in the world for the entire time that they have been operating so they've been incredibly successful Um, and there are all of these small differences Um, you know like I was saying with the ranking points an example would be that first round of a grand slam for the women if you win your first round and reach the second round you get 70 points at the moment for the men you get 45 now that doesn't seem like a huge difference Um, there was actually a time where it was 100 points for the women so it was more than double and it meant that um, it's just slightly easier to stay at your ranking if you're in the main draw of slams. And if you can get past that first round, it just protects you a little bit more. Whereas with the guys, it's like, nah, you know, if you're just hitting second round, that's not really going to cut it because, you know, people in challenges are picking up more points than you would be for winning a round, that sort of thing. Uh, so you have these, these small differences, but it does actually have a, a, a larger impact on the, the sort of the, the state and the structure of the game. So... Um, it's very easy, I think, to look at—I uh, suppose—men's tennis and women's tennis ATP, and just think that everything's sort of the same, but they're just doing it on their own. Um, but there are there, there's a lot of um, complications and difficulties, and of course, contracts and, and all sorts. But yeah, I mean, absolutely, they should they should work together and as closely as they can. But I don't I don't see what the immediate benefit to an entire merger would be. I don't know. I mean, do you see something?
1: In terms of, would they be, well, there is, they would be, are they stronger together than apart? If everyone's working together and pulling the same direction, if they're looking for equal prize money, we know the PTPA with Novak Djokovic and Vasek Pospital, if that is still happening and going forward, they want better rights for players. So you could say that if you had one body, is that better? Because you're all pulling in the same direction. On the flip side to that, There's an argument for saying you want to keep your identity because there are so many differences. I think it's an absolute wasp's nest because as you've just highlighted there, there are so many little bits and pieces that are different on both sides to bring everything together and to get unilateral agreement that we're going to have one path and
0: travel in one direction, I think it's going to be almost impossible. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are there are all these differences that I think people don't necessarily know about or consider. So, for example, um, the WTA take a much stronger approach to, I, I'd say that it's the protection of their players because historically, the women in the WTA tour in the top 100 have been a lot younger than the men in the top 100. OK, now we're in sort of a different era where everybody's getting much older. But for the past 20 years, it's been filled with teenagers whereas with the men you kind of got the odd teenager here and there and that has totally changed the approach so they have a limit on tournaments they have the age eligibility rule and that goes all the way down from um you know in juniors you have an age eligibility rule for boys and girls um and then when you get to the professional events it's just for the women there's no age eligibility for the the men at all they can just play as much as they want Uh, There's a limit on wild cards that you can take for women, uh, but there isn't for the men. You can have as many as you want. And we've seen players, I mean, somebody like a Donald Young got a huge amount of wild cards through his, um, when he he was quite young. So I don't know, it it is different. They're dealing with sort of different issues and they've kind of evolved in different ways. I mean, ultimately people who watch at home just watch Simona Halep playing Serena Williams in a tennis match and they'll watch... Djokovic playing as Andy Murray in a tennis match and they just kind of think that everything's the same. But actually, it, there are lots of differences behind the scenes. Um, you know, when it comes to just rules about locker rooms, I mean, rules, I mean, the ATP has the ATP, um, is it ATP University, I think, I believe? Yeah, ATP University. Um, the uh, WTA has always had rookie hours, which is, you know, courses that you have to, to take and learn all these sorts of things. So it is really interesting, but they do have different approaches to essentially achieving a similar
1: and I think also fundamentally and this is nothing about equality you can be equal but you can be different men and women are different and I think that's what you were touching on there and that you have to look after people differently and one size doesn't fit all you can be equal but you are men are different to women they will want different things they will act in different ways and so I think it's important to keep things separate to a a degree but then if you can have if you are working together at a level it can only make things better, but I think you have to keep your
0: separate identities. Well, absolutely, and if you think about, um, you know, what I was talking about with the challenger system, the reason they the ATP have such a strong challenger system is because. Players have historically come through later. They've come through in their, their early 20s. I mean, now it's becoming mid-20s. Maybe it'll be late 20s. Maybe it'll be 30s one day. Who knows? But <laughs> it's, it's always been later. Whereas with the women, you basically come out of juniors and have been pretty much right up. I mean, if you are a top junior, you're, you're, you're close to being a top 100 level, I think, in, in general. Before, not anymore. So now they kind of need their sort of challenger system which is why they've been working on the 125ks they've been bringing them in more and more and more over the past sort of seven eight years or or so um and it it seems like you see what i mean you have to deal with what you've got There, there was no point in having those 20 years ago absolutely no point because that those were not the players that they were wanting to sort of support. They're trying to support the pathway, but the pathway has changed. And the pathway now for women is pretty much where the men's pathway was probably 10, 15 years ago, um, just because if you look at the ages, uh, where, they're, where they're sort of coming through. So it changes, just as for the guys, it kind of would be silly to have an age eligibility rule because it was just so rare. Okay, you've got a Bernie Tomic, for example, you've now got a Yannick Sinner, but it was such a rare... Thing that it just wasn't sort of something they felt they needed to make rules about. I guess. I mean, I'm assuming that they they maybe talked about it or maybe they just never did. Whereas with the the WTA, they had a real issue. They had young, young people, really young. I mean, kids ultimately living this life on tour, dealing with this pressure, dealing with crowds and all this sort of stuff. And uh, they didn't want them to burn out and they were trying to help the longevity of careers and all that sort of stuff. So it's, um, you know, it is it is fascinating just to see how how things evolve. But I think they'll always be evolving differently. And I would worry that if there was an entire merger that historically in sport, women have been treated like mini men. It's basically like you're two thirds of the size. So do two thirds of the training, do two two thirds of what the guys eat and not treated differently. And I would worry that it would just be like, okay, well, women just just follow what the men do because it works. You know, just it works what what they do. So let's just do that. And actually, I do think it needs a different approach.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think look, it's great that they're talking and coming together on some things. I think renaming the events so they fall in line thousands, five hundreds. 250s is, is brilliant because the amount of times we worked on a tournament. I said well this is a masters 1000 oh but it's a premier mandatory this way we can say this is what this is this is what that is but i to have one body
0: but there won't be a thousand well there might not be a thousand points available for the women there are actually a lot of the thousands but there might not be i think
1: that's in, do you think that is something that will have to change because when we think of those events i think well that's a thousand it's a thousand points that's 500 that's 500 points do you think that will have to
0: change on the wta side I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think that's the direction we're moving in. Because, as I say, the the evolution of the WTA tour and the way that it's structured, the fat people are coming through later, the way that the point system's moving, the uh, the one two five Ks are now more established. They're going to need to put in more of those as well, then they can sort of shift towards the way that the men do it with uh, do it with the points. But yeah, it's just it's a little bit easier, isn't it? To call them thousands, five hundred, it's just very easy to understand where the tournament ranks. And if you think, the Grand Slams, they get the same amount of points. It's 2,000 points for the yeah. winner. Yeah, That's, that's the deal for, for men and women. But it's as it breaks down through the tournament, as I say, first, second round is, is different and qualifying is different. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. <laughs> That's what and I last, like to hear
1: Last week we were talking about nativities Ah yes A nativity play Because my two are in action Well they'll be in action next week And I was talking about One of them is a shepherd Yes And you were talking about a tea towel Oh yeah, and I kind of, I yeah. kind of. Now I laughed at you, and I said, "Look, I know he's small, but he's not that small. It's going to have to." What kind of size tea towels do you use? But when you were talking about tea towel, where did you think the tea towel was going? On the head. Yeah, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I thought you were dressing my son in a tea towel, <laughs> and and so I couldn't believe it, and I said, "That's no, you it must do be dressing
0: right. gown, tea towel, and then something around the tea towel just to wrap it on." It's a standard shepherd outfit. But, and I I probably should have known
1: this. And I was thinking, look, it's lack of sleep. She just had a baby. She's just, it's just got it all wrong with this old tea towel business. And a lot of our listeners um, pointed this out straight away with lots of laughing emojis on their messages. Um, Angela made a good point. She said, when you were talking about a tea towel for the shepherd, I thought you meant for his body, but did you mean for his head, which never crossed my mind? Yeah, exactly Yeah, exactly. Angela was like, well, come on, it's for his head. And I thought it was for the body. Grace said, and then we got into, because you said, what's the worst role you could play at a nativity? Oh, yes. And I thought a tree.
0: I thought... It's just any sort of something that shouldn't speak.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) just think... No, because I think we've got some camels in the nativity, and and obviously a camel doesn't speak. But I think a camel is a very important role because the camel took the wise men to see baby Jesus, right? Yeah, the camel's actually in it. So I would say a camel is an important role. I agree. Now but they don't speak Grace on Twitter said the worst role you can be is a rock uh,
0: a my rock.
1: friend my friend that's laid... not a
0: role surely that's oh. not a role surely they yeah, can just it? put a bit of cardboard there and say that's a rock
1: apparently Grace's friend laid on the stage in a grey sweatshirt for the entire performance
0: that's horrendous <laughs>
1: I would have to wonder what my child had done to annoy the person in assigning roles to Nativity to put me in a grey sweatshirt and leave me on the
0: stage. Well, the problem is with the Nativity is that there aren't actually that many roles in it, to be honest. And you it can is... have a lot of animals, and that's better than a
1: rock, right? And, a lot. and you and look, is there is there a limit on angels? Well, no, they can't have a limit
0: on angel because they need to get everybody in the class in, don't they? That's the problem. There's just not that many people in the nativity and you've got a class of 30 kids. (laughs) But there's enough
1: roles not to have a rock. So Angel Gabriel has got his posse of angels, right? So you can lob loads of the people in in as angels. Then you've got three camels for three wise men. And then you add in some sheep and you add in some cows and a donkey. That was a donkey, wasn't it? Camels. Yeah, we've got our camels, and then you've got the actual
0: other Mary Joseph, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's that's quite. You don't need a rock. I don't, don't. know. I think you, you don't need, need a rock. rock. I can imagine that poor teachers across the, the country are just desperately thinking, "Okay, we need a few more roles. What can we do?" Rock. I mean, that's cruel that's that's cruel that's like you getting a child's
1: face and smashing it into a cake it's just, yes. it's, just <laughs> it's not done it's not done and Lee um a guy I both know worked with him at Wimbledon Lee said I went to a nativity at my mum's local church once and there were two
0: Darth Vaders so nice <laughs> well that's like the whole love actually thing isn't it was wasn't she like the third lobster in, oh, in yeah. that film <laughs> she's the third lobster present at the birth of of christ so yeah but can you imagine
1: i'd rather have a lobster than darth vader imagine, yeah imagine darth vader at your birth yeah you've recently gone, lobster's you've recently gone, did gone actually through this exist experience back then one imagines so <laughs> i was about to say lobsters but i'm sure lobsters did i just never thought of a lobster in nativity and i obviously never knew how to dress a shepherd so it's just as well. The school provided the costume because can you imagine if they'd asked me Is the costume a tea towel though? Oh uh, I don't know. I tried they, they did a dress rehearsal, I think, yesterday. And the shepherd, he's very he who remember he was a camel moved to a shepherd. He was a little bit sad because the camel costume is really cool. And I think, yeah, I think the uh. shepherd I, I think it's I think it's a sheet with a hole in it, quite possibly a tea towel and he's just not feeling it
0: <laughs> go tea towel on the head override the school costume you've got to have a tea towel no i imagine on the
1: head. There, there probably there probably is one but i wasn't i wasn't getting a lot of sense once they told me what they'd had for lunch which is standard fare uh the wise man he seemed happy with his outfit just kept telling me his line <laughs> is to bring gold for the king um so but we're getting a bit, they're filming it next week because we can't go there because of covid they're going to film it so I will tell you what yeah. they're dressed in. So thank you to everyone on Twitter for correcting me about the Twitter. They all sided with you. They said she meant his head. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did wonder. But then I thought I, I'm only remembering it from my nativity. So that was a long time. I just ago, thought so it so was like lack of wrong.
1: sleep. Just had a baby. What are you talking about? So, yeah, can I just apologize? Well, I mean, there is all of that, <laughs> <laughs> but just not on this again. And
0: how how are you doing on that front a few weeks in now? I mean, I'm pretty tired, but I feel like, again, like I said last week, I think it'd be weird if I was just absolutely fine and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sleeping fine. Yeah. It would be concerned that I'm not looking after the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting eight hours a night. Are you? Yeah. It's just like normal. (laughs) You know,
1: I just pop in, check. He's all right. He's alive. He's fine. And then I just go back (laughs) to sleep again. Now, something that is ever changing, like a baby growing and sleeping or not sleeping is the Australian Open. Um, oh yeah it's one of have you got an update well it's one of these things isn't it that by the by the time people listen to the podcast it might have completely changed or been cancelled but what we're seeing reports coming out from Nine News and various journalists this is Wednesday from Australia is that the start date for the Australia Open will be the 8th of February
0: okay so that what's that three two weeks late three weeks late yeah
1: normally finishes I normally fly home I think on the 1st of February
0: yeah so that's three weeks late um
1: 14-day hotel quarantine, which I believe from what we're reading, Tennis Australia will will pay for charter flights, will play for quarantine, will play for food, will play for everything basically while they're in quarantine. You'll have to have an awful lot of COVID tests. And I believe, and, and people can find this, go on social media and get all the bits and pieces, but you can train. The players will be allowed out of their hotel for a maximum of five hours a day. And I think that's the right. kind of breakdown of you can train with one other person for a couple of hours, there's gym for a couple of hours. I don't think I'd want to spend a couple of hours in the gym. And there's, <laughs> and there's, there's an hour to eat. I might change those hours around a bit. <laughs> but that's, And it seems as though, and I don't know if this will change, but the charter flights will arrive between the 15th and 17th of January and quarantine won't start until the last player arrives. Right. So if that's true, can you imagine being that last player in and everyone is just like, can you just get in?
0: Get into your room. Let's start wait this. but so if, if you arrived on the fifteenth and so, and you had to wait until the end of the seventeenth when people got there, what so for those two days, are you in quarantine, or can you just can you go you can't, you can't go out and about surely that I don't a hundred there's no way there's no way Australia have been so strict on this, there's no way, so you just have to do an extra two days, don't you
1: yeah, and I think that's and they'll be able to train, but only after testing negative on the second day of isolation. And then the tests will be done in the players' hotel rooms on day 1, 3, 7, 10 and 14. I'm reading a piece from Sam McClure that you can find on social media. And it's all the bits and pieces. But I think the main thing to come out of this is it's... Uh, oh, and there'll also be full prize money. So no reduction in prize money. But the big That's a thing great is, effort. That's, but the big thing is we're going to have, it seems, we're going to have an Australian Open.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, it has looked like that was going to be the outcome but you just never know because it's it's not up to tennis that's the thing it's not it's not tennis saying right we need to plan the Australian Open this is up to the government making decisions and it's ever changing I mean things could change in the next month you have no idea I mean imagine if there's uh, an outbreak in Melbourne and you know maybe they'll shut things down again and not allow it you just you just don't know really I mean fingers crossed that doesn't happen it seems unlikely it seems like it is very likely this will go ahead at this point which is great so I've got my nighttime entertainment sorted so I'm excited about that. I can be listening to you. A little bit later than we expected. But I'm just thinking, if you're I
1: mean, the first thing I thought was, God, it must be great for those players. For the first time, you're going to get a proper Christmas at home. Yes. I mean, I don't know what what would be what would be the earliest that you would leave to go somewhere before, during, or after Christmas? Well,
0: I used to used to go sort of mm um, if you pushed it to be the latest you could possibly go, you'd probably be flying on Boxing Day. But you'd be that wow. yeah, would be that would be slim this is back when when I was playing I mean dates have shifted a little bit but I would normally be going Christmas Eve
1: you'd normally fly Christmas Eve yeah and we're talking you were young yeah 17 so how I mean I I, I love Christmas I love everything about Christmas I say today I get my decorations I absolutely love everything about Christmas to to be away from everyone for Christmas at that age I mean it, was it tough or was it your job and it, this is what I want to do and if I've got to do it I've just got to get on with it or did you find it difficult especially at this time of year.
0: Yeah, I mean there was no real sort of I'm not gonna go or as I say you would push it later if you could. I mean what I used to do was actually be fairly kind to my <laughs> my coach, uh who which whichever coach I was working with at the time, and said so that they didn't need to get there for um until they could leave after Christmas. They could leave on Boxing Day if I went on Christmas Eve. Because you know, it was not like I was going to be playing. I mean, it's more about the jet lag. You know, the first couple of days, you just do some runs, kind of just pump things out of your leg. You, you hit if you can, but you were going down there a few, like quite a significant amount of time before the tournaments would start because, you know, you just need to acclimatise. You need to, get, so there's no point in going, like travelling all that way to then be sort of jet lagged and not feel good on the court. That's just, you know, that was nonsense. I mean, I, I went to Auckland, for example, and, um, I think yeah Auckland was normally my first first stop and yeah just I I, I don't know you you've got to sort of do it properly because what's the point in going otherwise um I mean they're they're
1: saying that it's the 8th of February because the 1st of February start date wouldn't allow any matches pre the Australian Open so everyone would be going in cold and hard into the first grand slam of the year what, so there'll only be one week now so there'll be a week where matches so I imagine Tournaments like the ATP Cup, that's I imagine that's probably not going to happen. I, I'm not sure how that could happen, but there will be a week of tournaments, al- matches allowed. Because for those two weeks, if you can only, I think, play in with one other person for the first few days, and I think it can go up to groups of four after day eight if everything's still coming back negative. Yeah. Then the February the 8th, and I think, because Craig Tiley has apparently written a letter to the players, he's also said the February the 8th Start date allows someone who is positive when they're tested, when they arrive, if they're positive, it allows them to hopefully recover fully and then still play in the Australian Open. Oh, that's good. So I think there's sort of the twofold. Uh, the, the downside to that is the casualties of the tournaments that would have been played. Yeah. I was just wondering, because there's normally the
0: tournaments year. in, um, was well, normally tournament in India. There's tournaments in Asia, uh, tournaments in the Middle East, so I, I I imagine, I mean, unless they're going to kind of downgrade them to, I don't know, say Shenzhen could become a 125K or something, but I just don't think that's going to happen. So th- there's no point that they're not going to be able to run because people have to quarantine in Australia. They can't. They don't have time to go and play those tournaments. So no, I, I mean, imagine I, they'll the, just be done.
1: I imagine the first
0: stop will be
1: Australia. You just get out there on one of those chartered flights. You do what you've got to do. You, you get into the Grand Slam. I mean, there's still a lot of things to be worked out but if if you were a player in terms of getting ready how how does that affect your pre-season so you're getting on a flight on the 15th of January you're going to be in a hotel room for two weeks but you can leave for five hours a day two hours on the court what would you then be doing from this period to the 15th would you go hard at it would you take some time how would that affect what you would normally do in a pre-season I think the
0: the bonus is you just get a bit of a longer pre-season. I think that's what people yeah. really need and want every year. It's just not long enough. The, the off-season is not it's not long enough to do the work that people want to do. Um, and so you do get some people who sacrifice the beginning of the season and they're not ready um, and you do often see the players that do really well at the back end of the year not be ready in January. So, um, for example, like Karen Hashanov, after you know, winning in Paris, he won the Paris Masters. It was such a huge end of the year, and then he went to the O2 as an alternate, and. He came to January and he was just slow, slow off the mark because he's, you've got to have a holiday. He's exhausted by that point. You've He'd done so well in that, that chunk of time. You've got to have a rest. You've got to get back to training. And, you know, to make any sort of significant gains physically, you really need six weeks of training. When if you're talking about building strength and that sort of thing, if you want to make any technical changes, you need something similar as well. You know, it's all very well, you know. With, there's been so much talk particularly about serves let's pick on the second serves why not because it's fashionable at the moment um, but I remember Ostapenko, people saying well, Ostapenko needs to work on her second serve she needs to change it technically uh, Zverev he needs to sort out his second serve well I mean that is incredibly difficult to do the schedule's so packed I mean how do you how do you have time to do that you can't just do a couple of weeks and say oh, I've changed my ball toss and so now it's going to be fine it's not going to be fine and also the problem with the, the second serve technique is that it breaks down under pressure. It doesn't break down all the time. It's not like either one of them can't hit second serves. It's just that when, when the emotions are there and when it's difficult, it's it's just a bit unreliable. So you can't, you never really have that much time. Whereas players have had a big chunk of time through the summer, although it might have been more difficult to plan because they wouldn't have known how long they would be having off. But they, they could have done some, you know, some huge physical gains or some technical changes there. Um, and then at least now they will know what what they can do because I mean, they'll all sort of be finishing up holidays at the moment. And then they can because you, you plan backwards. You, you go, right, here's my first match day. yeah And then it's right the day before what we're we doing two days before. What do we do? And then you go all the way back to six weeks before. And what do we do?
1: Having said that, I've just seen, and this is social media for you, and and things are always changing and nothing's confirmed, that uh, February the 15th could be the start date of the Australian Open. So more more people are saying it's likely to be the first. But I think that's the thing to keep in mind. Nothing has been confirmed. And we said this last week, we get why Australia are being as they are being. They had such a severe lockdown to wipe out COVID-19. They do not just want to open the doors willy-nilly and have everybody coming in from all over the world and bringing the virus back in. Oh,
0: absolutely. And also, just think how bad that would be for tennis because it would be quite easily traceable because they don't have any cases. So if there's like a little outbreak, it's very easy to spot where where it's come from. And that would be... I mean, tennis obviously don't want to do that as well. But yeah, it would be pretty devastating.
1: No, so I completely get why... They are being like they are being. I also understand that as players, they want to know what the plan is. So as you said, they can start working backwards and say, right, how much time have I got off? I've, you know, there's a fair few Maldives photos out there, those, <laughs> those holidays coming to Aww. a close. Wouldn't that be nice
0: right now? Where would you go? Maldives. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, that's... it's such... It's... But wouldn't it be annoying though because you turn up to the Maldives and there's all these other tennis players No, around? but there's so many islands.
1: <laughs> there's so many. So you fly into to Mali, the capital... And you're sort of with everybody in this big sort of holding area. But then you all go off to different places
0: because there's, there's so many places. And I th- you'd have your own island. Well, I'd th- say you just won Roland Garros, your eager Fiontech. Oh. Just might as well get your own island, right? Well, I don't know how much an island would cost. I don't know if anyone listening knows the cost to buy an island. I think she would have earned enough at Roland Garros, right? Do you think to buy an island? The money would be in well, her account by yeah, now. Yeah, but I
1: feel an island would be quite expensive, I think, I don't know if you. If, yeah, they're just for a couple of weeks. Oh, just for, oh, I thought you meant buy it as no, not in like buy the oh, old, sorry, own the island. I was like, I think she's got to win a couple more before that happens. Um, I think the Maldives—it's a lovely place. It can be quiet, and a little bit unlike your son, who's waking up saying, "You two, I've heard enough of your podcast for this week." It's it's time to get back to me. Is that what he's? Pretty yeah, much he, so? vote, he votes for Maldives. So he's okay. So Roger has voted Maldives, <laughs> for Roger. So um, and I think that's my cue to leave you with Roger. <laughs> so you can. <laughs> but oh, I know. I think yes. Yeah, so a holiday in the Maldives would be nice but it's no it's it's ever-changing and hopefully there'll be some confirmation for for everybody's sake look you know that you'll be listening to it watching it through the night while looking after the little fella I will be in Manchester on whatever date it happens working through the night and I've heard from some of our friends and colleagues that they're still hopeful of being out there um so that's uh that's a real positive if that can all get sorted out and that'll be an incredible experience but we just don't know. We hope it's going to happen. All the signs are that we will have an Australian Open in February of 2021. Yes. And that is very exciting. Amazing, Right. So please apologise to Roger that I've I've kept you away from him. <laughs> OK, I'll have a chat with him now. And happy birthday again. Thank you. I'm going to go and finish off my fruit bouquet before the boys get back from school. I do. I do. See you later. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.